I've never met anyone quite like Frida Kali. She's an extremely driven person. She takes absolutely no bullshit from anyone. I can see why she sided with Ramsey's plan when we first met. Part of me wishes that things had worked out with her and Duke Pendergrass. I think all of Wormwood would be a lot better off if she had been able to break him out of his stubborn patterns, but there's a reason he's in the position he's in. Precisely because he won't break out. So, this is what I'm always telling Ramsey. You can't change people. People have to want to change themselves. And Frida does want to change. She's a very hard worker. I have my best man, Dwayne, the Girtablilu, on the case. They train morning, noon, and night. She's... She's making progress. She can summon some void the way a young wizard can summon some fire. Not enough to kill a man yet, but enough... Enough to end a fight, maybe. It's progress. From my perspective, the important thing isn't necessarily that she become the deadliest sorcerer on the flats. More that she uses her power early and decisively. I always tell her, strike first before it gets worse. I just pray that she listens. <laughs> pray is a funny word. She hasn't figured out that Ramsey and I are conduits yet. I don't know if she will. It doesn't seem like she's particularly interested in us, per se. Although she likes Dwayne. That's nice. Who doesn't like Dwayne, though? Sw swell guy. Swell guy. It's probably for the best. If she figured out we were conduits, she would ask how it happened, and we would have to tell her we don't remember, which no one ever really likes, and one more person knowing just puts everyone at risk. It's more important than ever, with the conclave out and about searching for us, to maintain operational security. But seeing her train like this, it does bring back memories of Ramsey and I in, in medical school. You know, as, as much as school as the insect folk can cobble together under the Wolfram regime. But studying late into the night, pulling back to back all-nighters, taking all kinds of chemicals we probably shouldn't have just wanting more than anything to be the best at what we did and then there's just this blank space very strange i don't know if i want to remember one day we were medical students with dreams about the future and the next we were pillars of the community and everyone counted on us for their healing magic and their revolutionary ideals. It was like being reborn as a completely better version of ourselves. That's kind of what Frida's doing with all this training. She can create this void around a person. Right now, she's uh, only about the size of a person's head. <laughs> and she does it to Dwayne, just pop! And he has this nothing around him and he can't breathe and that's the end of the fight but hopefully she'll have more pinpoint control soon just to make something into nothing 
And that's a completely different person than she was when she came here. I feel like she used to define herself as someone who made something out of nothing. Her daughter, Sabrina. But she doesn't really talk about her much anymore. I don't know. I tried to bring it up. But I think she feels guilty about leaving her behind. Natural, I guess. But, I mean, she's trying to find a... A, a way to make her life better. That's the whole point of going to Absinthia. I, she, if it's safe, then she can go back and get her, or have somebody smuggle her out of the castle. But she has to find a safe place first. Nothing would be worse than just taking your, your daughter into the lion's den. So I don't think she has anything, to feel guilty about. But this is where Ramsay and I differ. Of course. He would feel guilty about any situation he couldn't control and would want it over as soon as possible. He would he would have already done something really rash if he was in her position. So, I guess I'm just thankful she's sided with me this time. People always ask how Ramsey and I can stand each other because we have such opposite views on medicine. But it's not an opposites attract thing. I don't think we're opposites at all. It's just two parts of the same process, you know? It's like thunder and lightning aren't opposites. They're two parts of the same phenomena. And everyone respects the power and ferocity of lightning. But I think we also appreciate the warning that thunder gives us so we can get to shelter before it's too late. I hope Frida appreciates that, what I'm trying to teach her. And I hope she gets to Absinthia safe and sound. And I hope it's perfect for her and her daughter to start over. And I hope they escape from this place once and for all. Because things here, they're only going to get worse. I've tried to prevent it. But the God King is too strong now. He's been siphoning potential from his subject for years. Most people think it's just for his own personal gain, so he can drive his castle around, so he can make constructs from the salt, so he can give his underlings powers until their blood turns to crystal. But I've heard rumors about what he's gathering all this potential for, about what Queen Consort Diane Wolfram is studying up north about whatever's under the salt beneath our feet. And it's not good. It's precisely because whatever's beneath us has so much potential for destruction that he became obsessed with the very idea of potential. I wonder if he can remember that. The person he used to be, like I was back in medical school, just obsessed with helping as many people as I could. Did he used to be like that? The way I used to stay up by candlelight, scratching away in my notes, memorizing the parts of different insect folk, all the different organs and systems, the parts of the carapace, the bones of the dwarves and the humans and the genasi, the parts of the brain, all their different requirements. Was that him? All those years ago, sitting out on the salt, grappling with the terrible things he would have to do to keep Wormwood safe? Or 
Or is it all just an excuse? I guess I just wish I knew what was underneath us. Every time I see her out there training, getting better bit by bit, I just find myself, yes, praying. As backwards as that is, I find myself praying, Frida, you have to get out of here. I don't know what's beneath the salt. I don't know. When our training is done for the day, and I'm back at my desk, reviewing medical charts by candlelight, like the old days, I just can't stop thinking about the question. What is underneath the salt? What is down? I'm, I'm glad to hear you're all civilised and have electric tea kettles. The fact that it isn't a standard boggles my mind. Arizona, southern tea, comes in a can, it's a dollar. Oh my god, that's not even what I was thinking of. You know Get we sell those at the world's best store, fuzzywall.net, except you can unscrew the top and put drugs in them. What? <laughs> Bonus. Yeah. <laughs> So last we left this adventure, the party was fighting an Efreet in a bank vault. Uh, the walls were uh, slowly melting. The, all the money caught fire and was burning in the background. Uh, Gentleman Bramwell cut off his head. It was like hanging on by just like some side tendons. And then Corton put him to sleep. Presumably he then died from blood loss. <laughs> um, and then you all teleported out of there. Yay! Uh, and back into the clinic... Uh, th- there is a joyous reunion between the White Witch and Black Witch Moths, uh, Angelo and Ramsey. And then we all have to uh, kind of discuss the fallout of particularly Vindross's decision to go in loud, as it were. If, if, if There's two main mission types in RPGs, going in loud and yeah. going in quiet. And you all chose going in loud, which is Ramsey's preference. I mean, I feel like that's best suited to the skill set we have. We are not a deft careful group of people yeah i have a moose <laughs> yep that's fine so that's a legitimate choice but what happened is uh the magic that vindross and gentleman bramwell have been wielding uh for this campaign suddenly cut out uh because your benefactor were these moths and you had displeased angelo who explains to you that he's eternally grateful for your help and he you have his unswerving loyalty in the fight against god king wolfram for saving his husband but his conduit is involuntary so when he was upset with your choice uh your magic got cut off uh that's just how it works and they explain hey 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 friend friend moth moth friend i'm just gonna cut you off right there Mm Hmm. why did you not tell us this before we made the choice 
Ramsey steps like forward in his husband's defense and says, you must excuse my husband's. He values secrecy. When secrets get out, things escalate and he must prevent this. Uh, our conduits make us a target. I so. do have a question. I have never met either one of you before, and yet our powers are derived from your abilities? Y- yes, it's the same. Yes, uh, they, they explain to you together that their their powers activate involuntarily. Anyone within their range, which is essentially all of Wormwood, who desperately wants to protect someone special to them, uh, gets the powers of prevention and cure together. Um, which is basically what happened to you, Vindros, when you met Corton and you wanted to protect him, you got cleric powers. And when Bramwell betrayed the God King for Sabrina, or clear rather, uh, you suddenly manifested cleric powers. So that's, that's their involuntary like area of effect for people who desperately have someone they, they want to keep safe. Uh, but when you when you displease them, they kind of get a little wonky. I, I, I just want to... Cla- i got a lot to take in right now, and I just want to make sure I've got the specifics on the table right. No matter what choice we had made about which way to go about this, we would have pissed one of you off and we would have lost the powers. Is that right? Aoife just opened my bedroom door. Aoife! <laughs> Hello, Aoife. Beef, That's a cat. the beef. Where's my beefy yeah, baby? She's so cute. Anyway, no, so this wasn't like a trick. It was just they they have very different approaches, uh, They but they work together in tandem. But basically what this boils down to, we could do this in character if you want, but I imagine it'll just devolve into you all saying, Dwayne, are you okay? Oh my God, Dwayne, can I get you some water? Who's Dwayne? Who is Dwayne? <laughs> you... <laughs> That's the best thing you could have done, Chris, you fucking monstrous <laughs> asshole. Uh, but basically what this boils down to is you have their un- unconditional loyalty and uh, you will get your powers back. But the question is, which which moth more suits your style? Because uh, now that they have met you in person, they are willing to give you more personalized boons than just the general t- putting out their their power into the ether for people who need it. OK, OK. So this isn't just, well, you helped us. You screwed. <laughs> No, no, no. So first of all, your your mission here was to make contact with the resistance and tell them to get ready for the coming battle, which you've done. Yeah. They tell you like, "All right, we'll, we'll get everything together. We've been working for years for this moment. Thank you. We're ready. We're it's it's about to go down. Thank you very much." Uh so that's a huge success. The other success is you know where your powers come from and you can uh tailor, tailor them more to your style. Uh specifically, uh, at this point, Vindros, you've been carrying around this shield for the whole campaign as your holy symbol, but we've never really given it any flavor or, mm. or you know character. What I want to do here is have one of the one of the moths essentially enchant it with their conduit and give you a, a kind of cool specific bonus, and we can imagine how that looks if you want to like stylize the shield kind of as, as like having almost like moth scale like wings to it. Mm. I do like that. I like that a lot. Um... Bramwell, this affects you too. I didn't have a, uh, I don't have an item necessarily waiting the wings for you because your transition to cleric was relatively recent and kind of uh, Chris-driven. But if you want to chime in on your thoughts, that's... You say Chris-driven like a negative, it feels like. (laughs) It felt like an insult, and I appreciate it. It's just, it it. was very, it's very Chris of you to have a second character who then (laughs) multi-classes, I'm just saying. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'd like to hybrid next level. Uh, so I believe Bramwell is going to say, 
So, from my understanding, you like to protect things at a period of time with prevention, and the other is a more direct approach. Yep, they nod. Uh, Angelo says, I, I try to get keep things from getting out of hand, hence all the secrecy and the, you know, hiding things. And Ramsey's more of a, you know, get in there with a, a scalpel and cut the things out kind of guy. So Well, it is a rule of the gentleman's code to go for the kneecaps quick and early. <laughs> and that fa- that sounds more to me like uh, you, Ramsey. Yeah, I think R- Ramsey like uh, kind of tips a non-existent hat to you, gentleman Bramwell. He saw you cut the Afrit's head off, so he's vibing with you strongly. He he likes the cut of your jib. Die the cut of yours. We shall feast tonight on crocbashaws. <laughs> I. I've missed. I'm really confused about prevention versus cure. Which one is the the more getting involved, hands on? Is that not prevention? Cure. No. Cure. Cure. The idea. The idea is like a doctor who would slowly kind of give you medicine to kind of treat something, as opposed to a surgeon who would just go in and take out the problem. Yeah, and they are explicitly a physician and a surgeon, respectively. One gives yeah. you vitamins so you don't get sick, and the other. Uh, you know, can I, amputates yeah, your shit. Right. Can I call them JD and Turk just to make it easier in my mind? <laughs> what? Uh, what is that? One piece? No, that's, no, that's gross. Oh! You are out of your fucking mind, okay. Lauren. It's been a long time. I didn't hear exactly what he said. I heard like Jade, and I was like, "Is this some One Piece shit?" This wasn't an intentional Scrubs reference, but honestly, I'm really into it now, and it's it's a hundred percent. I mean, the White Witch, the Black Witch, kind of plays into it too. <laughs> I see that, yeah. No, it, it was Will Graham and Hannibal, but it's fine. Yeah, if if you'd asked me this a little while ago, I probably would have gone with, you know, careful and off the front lines and be, you know, sensible and helping, but, you know, things have changed recently, and, yeah, I think, I think being more hands-on is maybe more my style now. All right, so you want to get the blessing of Ramsey, conduit of cure, and have a black moth wing shield. It's like a badass. Um, I'm picturing it like it has a kind of a a part in the center that goes off into two black scaly wings as as the shield. And it's like a pretty tall uh, shield, too. And it's going to give you some cool bonuses. Is that that what you want? I, I think so, yeah. All right, so I'm going to tell you what I have prepared for that as he touches it and your shield uh, kind of scales over and grows these wing adornments on it. One is just a, a straight-up plus one to AC because it's good. the shield is now a plus one shield. And the second thing is all healing dice you roll are maxed. Oh. So if you roll a D8 to heal, you get an eight. If you roll a D6, you get a six. Is that, that, you are now... is that on myself or on everyone? Everyone, you are the you are the absolute top field medic in Wormwood at this point. You are getting f- directly from the source. Ramsey oh, is like essentially the god of healing, and you are his cardinal. Well, that's that's definitely going to impact um, spell choices for sure. Also, AC going up by one because I didn't have a high enough AC already. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta uh-huh. love that twenty-one AC. 
Yeah, so this is a this is a big deal for Vindros. Like we know, we've seen Lola get all these cool animals. Uh, we've just seen uh, a whole training arc with Claire, who's getting extremely jacked. Uh, Gentleman Bramwell got a cool new stop sign. Corton is deliberately not taking levels, so I can't speak to his <laughs> development. But this is like Vindros taking the shit up to a next level. Oh, uh, so I guess this would be a good time to look over in Corton's uh, direction and be like. Well, this is a tad bit awkward. Yeah, um, v- Vindras is going to try and find a quiet moment to just talk to Corton. If there is a quiet corner of the office we can have a chat in. Do the moths have any popcorn? <laughs> I, I, like, as like Vindras and Corton leave the scene, I want to just turn a little bit like, I knew he was a charlatan. <laughs> oh, lordy. <laughs> To me, this doesn't change anything. Oh, well, that's good, because I was never under the impression <laughs> that I gave you magic powers. I was always convinced that in some way, shape, or form, you were the reason that I have magic, and... And in some small way, shape, or form, I am. I feel like I was right to think that. I... I knew that there was something to do with... meeting you, and... I, I I guess that was right. We've changed each other's lives, Vindros, in numerous ways, mostly keeping mine alive. <laughs> and hey, if I got these powers to keep you alive, I'm going to make sure as hell to keep you alive longer. I'm not going to let these go to waste. That's so gay. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty gay. It's pretty oh, gay. That's so gay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lola and Bramwell, do you have anything else you want to do in this scene, or do you want to cut over to the gore fields? So, how are you doing? Well, you know, I'm doing all right. Uh, my tail, I think you're starting to grow back. It's getting, you know. <laughs> it's gonna, it's not going to match for a while. Like, you know when you, um, you know... You know, when your tail grows whatever, back and it's a different color, right, Bramwell? Whatever apocalypse version of Christmas we have, if you're eating a candy cane... But you like only pull the wrap down part of the way, and then you have like a little like triangle of candy cane, but it's like a lot thinner than the rest of the candy cane. That's what my tail's gonna be. I think candy canes are like the candy corn of Christmas. No one really likes them. I mean, uh, regular old standard candy cane's pretty good. Definitely better than candy corn. Also, those uh, lifesavers candy canes are pretty good. Lifesavers semi candy canes. The regular ones are just like eating toothpaste. Tasted toothpaste? Well, I have had some good toothpaste in my time. Candy canes, it's tasted toothpaste. All right, let's go. (laughs) We've said all we need to say. (laughs) (laughs) Did you get everything you needed, Austin? I don't even know. Yeah, is that good for you? I'm just imagining the description now of every episode where it tells the the audience what the characters did, where it's like, Lola discussed toothpaste. Bramwell discussed toothpaste. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So let's cut over to the gore fields. Uh, Chris, you have another character sheet handy? Uh, Yes, I do. (laughs) I'm not confident in your delivery, but it's okay. There it is. I can stall for you a little bit. Nope, there it is. All, all of us definitely listened to the episode we weren't on, but like for any of the listeners who didn't listen to it, what, mm-hmm. what, what did we miss? We, 
we won't recap the episode we did two episodes ago, but can we recap the episode we did an episode ago? Yes. Please, for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> what? And see, the, the recording order and the release order are different, so no one's on the same page. It's fine. That's what I was saying. I was like, <laughs> I don't know which one that means. Uh, so the main thing is uh, that my character achieved her, 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 her big power. She picked her conduit. She's the conduit of determination, which means she gets stronger the more focused she is on her goal, which comes across in gaining levels. Uh, but if she gets distracted from her goal, she gets weaker and loses levels. So she has to kind of always be kind of focused on completing her goal. So uh, she's not allowed to do side quests anymore. Or she gets she gets debuffs. Yeah, basically. That's spicy. Uh, and other other things as well. Uh, she is now going by the name Clear, and uh, she accidentally kind of discovered something Austin didn't want us to find out, but I failed to check, and I can't go back and find out exactly what was in there. So, oh, what what did what 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 did you find out? There's some there's something in Amy's barn. That's all I can say. There's something oh. in Amy's barn. I I don't know what, but Austin was very upset for a bit because he was like, "No, you're not supposed to find us out yet." <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I think that's definitely in the back of not only the the players and the audience's mind, but Clear's as well. So I, that's not the last we've heard of the barn is, secret. Is this Clear yeah. as in the C L E A R? Yep. Okay. She she came up with the name as as she looked through a sword made of ice that was crystal. Clear. You mean like the 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 status that Scientologists reach? That's and- exactly <laughs> what I that's exactly what I thought too, Conrad. Yeah. I've watched Going Clear many times. Clean. No more Thetans for our mm-hmm. good. No friend. more Thetans. Well, you know, until you find out that you are a Thetan and got to start all over. They're oh, so geez. close to us, Austin. And right into the Their volcano. Second with headquarters. No. <laughs> We should stop talking about Scientology. They'll find us. Uh, so Claire's routine is pretty simple. She wakes up in the morning. She works the fields with Charlie. She spends the afternoon with uh, Amy doing negative reinforcement, which is basically like combat training to make her miserable. And then she <laughs> spends the, the, the evening with, uh, the, with the Duke uh, doing meditation, essentially. So he, t- he tells Claire, like when you're sitting in the... the vineyard like cross-legged in the dirt and he says this is how you say the there's thesis your determination and then there is antithesis which is amy's training and now we come here for synthesis yes you understand i put them together exactly so empty your mind of other thoughts and try to imagine the determination flowing into you and everything else flowing out. Like, not physically, right? <laughs> I mean, so walk us through how this how this works in, in Clear's 10-year-old mind. She's been trying to be taught transcendental meditation. I don't know how well she takes to oh, this. Oh, God. It's so hard, too, because I have ADD, so my mind's never clear. There is never a <laughs> moment of silence in this brain. Uh, oh. I assume... That it's like what it seems like in the movies. You know, like the end of Incredible Hulk where Ed Norton looks to the camera and you can see the Hulk's in his eyes, but he's learned meditation. So he's definitely going to be in Avengers. And then he isn't. (laughs) But it's still pretty good movie, better than people give it credit for. 
I do love a good Edward Norton. Um, so it's funny because a lot of the season I've been thinking about uh, your portrayal of your of the ten year old character and being like, well, Chris is so smart. Sometimes it's like, is he properly playing down to a ten year old's intelligence? And then I met an eight year old recently who's way smarter than Chris is. <laughs> so. <laughs> Where? Where are they? I'll beat them up. <laughs> I, I I think I've been underestimating the the capacity for people of that age. Like I, I don't know, maybe I, kids I would, these days are just smarter because they have the internet. I would literally uh, posit that this past, uh, actually, no, last night, indeed, I was beaten by a ten year old in terraforming Mars. So clearly, they are the best generation and are the smartest around. Oh, terraforming Mars is a great game, by the way. It's a good game. <laughs> yeah, but the point is they're very sharp. So yeah, uh, if you want to roll, uh, perhaps intelligent intelligence. I don't know why I said intelligence. That's not that's nothing. That I don't know why I emphasize it like that. Uh, maybe it's for clear to grasp meditation. I got a four. Uh, not great, oh. my friend. Are you sure? Yeah, I think she has problem. Huh. She has trouble like visualizing. Is it that it's not literal for her or too literal? You think? Well, I think she's a little bit tired because she's just been getting beat up by her older sister Mm -hmm. prior to coming here. And I think there's a part of her that's really focusing on what's in that barn because now she's really curious. And she literally has to push that out of her mind to focus her determination. I love that. So, like, she's trying to go to her mind palace and then it keeps cutting from, like, her sitting cross-legged to that barn door, that barn door. And she just keeps thinking about it. And it's, like, fucking up her meditation. She's like, all right, so it was full of bumble sloths to begin with. What was past that? Yeah. Uh, What? (laughs) Sorry. Listen to the episode. Amy's breeding bumble sloths. Of course she is. Um, it sounds like what Claire wants to do is like go on a mission to discover the secret of Amy's barn, yeah. but in doing so, kind of uh, be less determined in her training. So this this would be one thing if like every episode you're like, yeah, I'm totally focused on training. I'm totally focused. Like, give me more levels. Give me more levels. Like min maxing this. Arc. <laughs> num num not like a Pac Man. <laughs> what? Like a Pac-Man, yum, 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 levels. Like, I just keep eating levels up. Yeah, but instead you're making a strong character choice to try to put this thing to, like, to rest in her mind so she can focus, but in doing so, do exactly what she shouldn't be doing, which is not be focused and determined. Choices. Choices, yeah. So I think last episode, uh, with the the thing where you summoned the ice sword, was like a, a big moment for you, and like a plus one in a determination. And being distracted here is like a minus one, so we're back at zero. The rule of threes, of course, dictates that you need to get to plus three to, to complete your training. Oh, okay. So I have to, I have to find a new way to to like focus my mind. Well, yeah, I think that she'll be able to focus more once she figures out what's in the, the, the basement of the barn. So why don't you roll stealth to sneak away at night, I guess? Okay. I could do stealth. Yeah. Well, I should be able to. Who knows what the dice will do? I got a 24. Holy fuck shit. All right. So the question is, uh, do you sleep uh, like at, with Amy somewhere or are you at the, like the Duke's residence? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh Hmm, where would she sleep? Or she could just sleep in the workers' barracks with the moles. Yeah, I think that seems more fitting. I, she hates the Duke. She doesn't like him, so she wouldn't want to like stay at his place. 
But she doesn't like Amy. So yeah, I feel like it would be like where the moles are. That's yeah, that's fun because like obviously they both would offer and she would turn them both down even though their places are much nicer. And so I think you're all also gaining the the moles respect. They see you out there digging ditches with them and then you come back and like eat the the you know, worker food and sleep in their worker beds and they're like, oh, "This kid ain't so bad." Yeah. Uh, so with a 24, you you slip out in the middle of the night, make your way across the field and to Amy's barn. Um, she's probably sleeping in the loft surrounded by uh, these bumble sloths. Uh, she has like a pile of them uh, on her bed now. Um, and she they're buzzing too loudly. She can't hear you. With a 24, you, you're unimpeded in your quest. All right. I want to go to that barn door. But I want to do i guess a perception check to see if it's like trapped or anything like that mm-hmm. of course because wouldn't that be the bad thing uh 17 uh 17 uh so you, you see there actually is a, a lock on it but it doesn't seem like it's trapped necessarily that would perhaps bring too much attention to it but it's, there's a simple but uh sturdy lock what do you do about that i would like to use my thieves tools to open it the ones that Zer gave me. Oh, damn. Fucking, it all comes together, huh? It's like a DM wrote it. So all come together. Well, I got a 10, so it didn't work out. I didn't I didn't write it. Uh, advantage because of your success in the perception that you, you know exactly what to do. Uh, 22, then. Well, yep. So with uh, Zer's uh, tutelage in your mind, you're picturing... His uh, flamboyant wing-filled gestures and <laughs> how to pick this lock. Uh, you easily pop it open. I'm doing this for you, Batman. <laughs> uh, and yep, you slip it off and you still have perfect stealth. That was a 24. Can't take that away from you. The The basement is yours. Ain't no stopping me now. I'm going in that basement. Uh, yep. Uh, Clear pops open the secret door to the basement and walks down some creaky wooden stairs into darkness. I assume you don't have dark vision. Um no, I don't believe Genasi get that. No. It's too it's it is too dark to see in here in this basement. Oh wait, no, I do have dark vision. I have dark vision 60 feet. Well, fuck me. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's at the <laughs> bottom of my character sheet. <laughs> It's okay. We've only been doing this for 7,000 years. I do have dark vision. There, and I just slice that in. No, Chris, the you the chaos is what you crave. I wouldn't take that away from you. Okay, thank you. Uh, so, Clear creeps down into the basement beneath the barn and sees a, a small cramped uh, room that uh, seems like it used to be just for garden variety uh, tools. Just, you know, rakes and shovels and so forth that you might use in farm work. Uh, but has been mostly cleared out to make room for a bunch of old stuff. You see, like, clothing. You see journals. You see, uh, like, personal effects. And at the uh, head of this kind of mess of junk, you see there is... Uh, the, the only word that comes to mind is altar. And on top of that altar, there is a skull. Do I recognize what any of this might be for? Sounds like I would want to roll a religion? Investigation. Investigation? Hey, hey. Uh, 20. 
Yeah, perfect. So you begin walking over to the stuff gingerly, using your dark vision to, to see in this basement. You look at the clothes, which seem to be uh, for an adult woman. Um, you look at the the journals and so forth, which all, some of it seems to be written um, in primordial, the language of Genasi. Um, and at the altar, you see what is undoubtedly a Genasi skull. Hmm. Sorry, run that by me one more time. Yep. You see clothes for an adult Genasi woman. You see personal effects that seem to belong to an adult Genasi woman. And you see the skull of an adult Genasi woman. Oh, God. Does it look like magic's attempting to be, like, cast here? Like some kind of ritual or spell? Uh, Arcana. Uh, 12. 12? Uh, with a 12, that's above average. I'll say you see no evidence anyone has been doing any spells. It seems like this is mostly for storage. Um, but it, it does seem like people come down here. Or at least Amy comes down here. Because it definitely sounds like she's trying to do some fucking full metal alchemist shit for her mom. <gasps> yeah. I will leave you with questions. This seems like something you might want to uh, secretly eavesdrop isn't the what, right word what's the word with you eavesdrop with your eyes eye drop <laughs> look like uh stakeout yes it seems like something you might want to do a stakeout on all right yeah i guess i'm gonna have to stakeout because now i'm definitely not gonna be able to focus on training i'm gonna be i'm gonna be like why is there a skull in the basement oh yeah which is a question we've all had to ask ourselves at one time or another that's a valid distraction yeah all right, so Clear is currently going to stake out Amy's basement and see what is going on with this skull. Skull watch. <laughs> skull watch 2020. <laughs> All right, back in Harp City, uh, the wolf pack is ready to go. You've succeeded in your mission here. Uh, is there anything you want to do before you leave and go to the last uh, major area in Wormwood you haven't been to yet? Um, I would like to talk to Marcel. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, I mean, the party goes and stops by Marcel's office, uh, and you still have a good amount of time. Uh, last episode, I, I mentioned I know you were doing some footwork, you were being chased, you were doing some spy craft, sending messages and so forth, but you didn't dilly-dally, so you're not running low on time. It's just you spent, you know, a good portion of the day here. And so you walk in, and you see Marcel uh, talking to some other insect folk, and then he, when he sees you, he sends them away. Hello again. Good evening, Dasha, uh, your highness. I uh, wanted to speak to you for just a brief moment, as I know you're quite busy, but I uh, wanted to offer something to you uh, on your discretion. Offer something? Uh, go ahead. It's information, more than anything, and uh, I feel it is... Perhaps the last duty I really can have as a knight to say that I believe I have failed all of you from children in one way or another and truly guiding you and protecting you. So I hope that perhaps this might be a, a small amendment on a path to help guide you both, or rather you all, to a, a better future. And uh, I want to pass along to him the information on how to find his, his mother through the Aethar if he needs to. Oh, Yep. So you, last you spoke with uh, Lima Day before leaving the Gorefields. Uh, you, you discussed, you know, helping 
perhaps some of the Wolfram children escape the country if things go badly with the revolution. And so in offering this to Marcel, um, he has an escape plan now. He can essentially leave the country and go live with the Athar instead of, uh, you know, we. Th- I think the phrase we discussed before was if, if guillotine stuff starts happening. Uh-huh. We got sick by Dwayne for relief. Convince Dwayne to become the new party member, of course. Yeah, wait, yeah, why? Yeah, yeah. Wait, Dwayne's not coming with us? <laughs> Dwayne, are you coming with us? Uh, I can't stop you. Even if I say, like, roll for it and you all bot, she'll be like, well, Dwayne comes with us anyway. I, I realize I'm powerless here. <laughs> you can just not. You just say he's there and then never have him speak again. You, you have literally the ability to stop us infinite ways. You just don't want to because you know how dreamy Dwayne you secretly is. Love, you secretly love Dwayne. Dwayne's a Scorpion Johnson. <laughs> On the last episode, I believe I said that uh, the the species, uh, I said they're the, by the wrong name and I think uh, source. I do want to correct myself rather than re-record our actual play session and say that uh, Scorpion people are from um, uh, Babylonian mythology and uh, they're called Girtablilu. So... I am obviously mispronouncing that. Oh, yeah, I was going to correct you on that, yeah. but I didn't know it, but I didn't know any of it, so I could. <laughs> Thank you, bud. Uh, but yeah, I think I said Persian mythology last week, which is not correct. Anyway, <laughs> what a blunder. Uh, so Dwayne could come with you, but here's here's the catch. Last episode we were in this this boss fight in the bank vault and uh, Lola botched and crit or crotched as we call it here. Yes. Um and drove her uh, porcupine quill through Dwayne into the Afrit. And so Dwayne is pretty badly injured. So in order for him to come with, I think you will have to commit to letting him hold on to Sloth Green, Lola. Okay. Which uh, narratively isn't going to change much, but mechanically means you will not have infinite heals whenever you want now. Do you guys like Dwayne that much? (laughs) Well, I'll I'll say this. We do now have someone who can do max healing every time she heals. Okay, yeah, and I mean, uh, who can resist uh, those washboard abs, right? The scorpion abs. Yeah, but they're ripped. I'm looking at the picture, and it's got like a 12-pack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's, yeah. Mm. And he's got like a cool-looking sword in the picture, and uh, he's the rock, so okay, yeah. Lauren, do you want to fuck the scorpion? No, I would if it had the rock's face, maybe. Because <laughs> the rock is a very beautiful man. You know, he never really has done it for me. I'm not saying he's an unattractive person, but I don't know. It's just not my type. I feel that about other, like, really hot people. Like, uh, uh what's that guy? Magic Mike. Yeah. Sharon Tatum. He looks like a large child. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, it's not for me. Take that, Channing Tatum, you fucking asshole. No, he's objectively, conventionally attractive. He just doesn't doesn't do it for me. You just don't like this large child. Because the same thing about myself. I don't like this large child. Uh, I had to introduce an NPC who's Channing Tatum to contrast with the Dwayne the Rock Johnson Scorpion <laughs> Man. <laughs> All right, well, cool. We don't gotta say goodbye for coming with. Also, I feel like it's pretty cute to imagine this, like, big, hulking, like, scorpion man just, like, gently carrying Sloth Green. Mm-hmm. I'm into You're that. just, like, cradling him up to his chest where you put a sword through his heart. 
Yeah, it's like uh, it's like when when they they do fireman calendars and they're like holding kittens. <laughs> it's exactly that energy. It is so much that energy. Uh, d- can I? Yep. I was gonna say, can I see Young? Of course, yeah. Uh, so the lo- I mean, the last thing to do before leaving the city is go get Young from the clinic. Uh, so if you want to go there, uh, does anybody have anything to say, Marcel, before you leave? Because, um. I would say someone has uh, briefed Marcel, like when you were walking in, someone was like whispering in his ear and he says, I apparently one of the God King's closest advisors, a member of an elite organization called the Conclave was found dead in a bank vault. Did any of you have anything to do with that? That sounds horrifying. In a bank vault, you say? How did anyone get in? Yeah, it was locked from the inside and he's... An extremely deadly individual. He's an afreet, a kind of Oof. fire genie, and his head was hacked nearly clean off. Wow, that's that's some impressive work. It sounds like there's a dangerous individual on the streets, Marcel. I would be careful. Good thing we're leaving. Have you checked there isn't an assassin hiding inside one of the uh, the safety deposit boxes? Okay, so if you don't tell him the truth, that's fine. I just want to be clear. That will inc- incredibly displease his father that one of the conclave has been murdered and Marcel will essentially be forced to flee the country, which B- Gentleman Bramwell has set up for. So this could have broken down an entirely different way where he was furious at you or you know you didn't put him in hot water, but you've killed so many people in his watch. He's going to have to get out of here. He's He's... Us telling him that we did it isn't going to yeah, that's not gonna stop that. him having to flee. It's yeah. only going to make him angry at us when he flees. And he's got an escape plan on hand, so I, it's fine. This seems like a victimless crime. <laughs> you know, except for the Ifrit. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it, unless it's something where if we, for some reason, told him that we were the ones who did it, would get him to like shift the blame onto us, but I feel like that's not really. He could do that anyway. He yeah. he should just be going anyway. I can I just tell him that he should like. It sounds like he's got a real riddle on his hands: <laughs> the murder in a locked room. No one, no no detective could oh, solve this. Oh, I've heard this one. Uh, they stood on a block of ice, and the ice melted, and the evidence went away. <laughs> Cut off their head. <laughs> 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 All right, I'm not even going to make you roll deception, uh, because fuck it. <laughs> wank, wank, you know what we mean, wank. All right, uh, so yeah, I mean, this is a big shakeup for Harp City, and I would say it's going to be a, uh, it would have been a bigger issue, but you've made proper preparations, so success is all around. <laughs> it, f- Whoa, dang. Sorry. Bug. Bug? Literally big palmetto bug, and he was on my foot. This party has been very successful. I think longtime listeners will know that uh, mistakes often compound uh, through a dice funk season to a point where the last like you know couple arcs are just everything imploding and as everyone dies. This one feels like everyone's properly accounted for all the eventualities and is like a rolling success katamari. Yeah, there is a lot of time for us to fuck this up. Like we've we've had yeah, we all of the it. good luck, and that means the second half of the season everything has to fuck up. Fair enough. Uh, so you go to the clinic, and uh, Young is getting discharged. Um, this is the you know last time to say goodbye to the hospital staff. There isn't really any hanging threads in this entire place, except for I guess Corton's drug shipment. But <laughs> he seems to want to keep that to himself, which is a fine choice. 
Y'all are complicated, but it was nice meeting you. <laughs> Hugs all around. Dwayne's hugging. Ramsey's hugging. Uh, Angelo's hugging. Young is hugging. Everyone's hugging. All right, let's hug. Uh, I will ask uh, Ramsey and, and Angelo, so you understand the next locations we're going to be going to. Is there any information you could perhaps give us in advance about the people we might want to find when we're there? Oh, this is a great question. Thank you, Chris. You're welcome. Take it back and destroy it. <laughs> uh, An- Angela says, if you're going north to Absinthia, uh, that's Terek ter- territory. The, the Terek are, the term is model minority. They're someone who are discriminated against, but who are also held up as a way to discriminate against others. Uh <laughs> It's have- it's it it's the um oh why aren't you like those Asian people who are really good at maths? It's the we're going to build a stereotype about this group that we can then use to hold up an unrealistic standard, but also go why aren't you doing stereotype that isn't really a thing? Yeah, so that the Turek basically make uh, a, a, a big show of loyalty to the God King. Uh, so he leaves them alone and points to them and says, like, why aren't the rest of you slaves behaving like they are? Uh, it's it's really rough. But uh, in order to kind of maintain this uh, blind spot and be left alone, uh, the, there hasn't really been a resistance movement growing among the Turek. And s- as far as Angelo is aware. And so while the, the, the bug folk and the moles were more than happy to get behind all this and basically all you had to do was ask uh the Turek is going to be more difficult because you're going to have to convince them to fight and die uh in a in a sit in a war in a, in a revolution which may leave them worse off where right now they are at least scraping by understood is there perhaps a leader we should try to seek out also a good question um angela says in order to keep from getting the God King's attention. They specifically try not to appoint anyone who is like a charismatic leader who could threaten his, his sovereignty. And that's part of the problem. So what you're saying is we need to be the charismatic leader. <laughs> I, however you want to handle this is up to you. This is the question, right? Uh, how do you, how do you shock, uh, awake people who are complacent against injustice? Um, this is a question that we often come to in Dice Funk because it'd be very easy if everyone immediately was like, yes, we're all on board. Let's go kill the bad guys. I mean, we can roll persuasion. It's pretty good. <laughs> Charisma checks. I mean, we could just tell the God, we could just let the God King know we're there. Uh, <laughs> do you have any like, uh, medicine for the road? Um, give us supplies. Give yeah. Uh, supplies. Lola, why don't you roll medicine to see how many uh, supplies you can manage to scrounge up from the clinic? I hadn't even thought of this. Uh, three. None, unfortunately. I found none. I just like knocked over some. I just knocked over a bunch of shit. No, I think just with an honest reckoning of uh, the fact that the resistance is going to need every bandage. Uh, they can possibly get their hands on. They just can't spare anything. It's not malicious. It's just the way this is. Can I take an informational pamphlet for some light reading on the road? <laughs> sure, Lola, if you want a pamphlet, you can have a pamphlet. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You go to your doctor and it's like, are you depressed? 
Here's how you know. Mm-hmm. So I guess Lola will know, huh? Yep. Actually, I do maybe kind of want to say something to the moths before we go, if that's an option. Yeah. Um, Finn Jarvis is going to go up to them and just say, sorry I was a little um question heavy at first. Um, it, it, it's, a, it's a lot recontextualizing where magic came from, but... I just want to say thank you. Um, your magic, I, I guess as it's supposed to, really helped me keep someone safe when they needed it most. So, just thanks. Uh, I think Ramsey specifically like kind of claps you on the shoulder and says, this is not a problem. We have to maintain operational security. So this is not personal. In fact... Uh, we've already dismantled our base in the lamp store and moved to a different uh, part of Harp City. We can't stay in one place for long, so it was never personal, the, the secrecy, no, no, and I we're, we're just... happy to help. Thank you for for being a gift when I needed one. I think at this point, Angela like, turns to Corton and, and says, like, a lucky guy, huh? Uh, d- yeah, I mean... All things considered, he scratches his non-existent nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been hard for him, but you are you are alive, so. <laughs> but at what cost? <laughs> the nose. The, the nose was the cost. I guess that's true. <laughs> we know what cost. <laughs> Specifically, we actually do know. Actually, I think at this point, I like Angelo is like poke has four arms because he's a, a lepidopteran, and he's like poking you in the stomach, like a little your, your Pillsbury Doughboy belly, just like poke, 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 like lucky guy, huh? Like a little little, little, little fella, uh, but you don't feel it, Corta. <laughs> no. Uh, so every I think everyone's like looking over at you, like wondering why you're not reacting to being poked repeatedly in the tummy. You you're just gonna let him do that to you? Uh, oh, uh, stop that! That's very annoying. <laughs> it's okay if you don't want him to stop it looks adorable from over here yeah I just don't like when people poke my tummy so you know this is highly sexual for me what <laughs> alright uh, nice meeting y'all goodbye I'm leaving <laughs> so yeah Lola's leaving Bramwell uh, Bramwell is gonna go over to Young and say how are you feeling there, Captain? Um, uh, bet, bet, better. But that's, I was in a coma, so I guess pretty much everything's better? It's nothing but upward trajectory from here. Uh, you got the, you're gonna have to pick me up, uh, upward. I shall carry you the whole way there, should you need it. <laughs> Upsies. <laughs> there you go. Uh, okay, Bramwell's gonna carry Young back to the Thriller Bark. Aww, like on a is it like piggyback or like uh like bride style? Uh, I, one arm's still broken, so I can't do bridal style. I'm imagining over the shoulder. I'm imagining it's like uh like a toddler on your shoulders kind of style, where like uh, Young is is they're, they're sitting on uh, Bramwell's shoulders. Oh, that's very good. That's very good. You prepared to set sail? I don't feel I'm quite experienced enough to set off such a great ship on uh, on just my own. 
Well, I don't know about this new person. Uh, I feel like their huge bulging biceps are going to throw off the the ship's balance. Who, Dwayne? No, they actually help balance everything. You see, every ship has a, a certain number of positions. You need somebody to man the sails, somebody to, to man the helm, and somebody to be a scorpion king. <laughs> and now we have all the, the, the main titles and positions filled with truly a real crew. Uh, okay. <laughs> How did this happen? Because you refused to cow it out and kill to kill him off off screen. You won't say no, and so you don't say no. So we just do what we want because you. If won't anything, stop us. you encouraged this. You reminded us he existed and encouraged us to bring him along. Oh no, I I, I did. I was like, like I you brought him up. As if to go, hey, remember to bring him. <laughs> All right. So the party has succeeded in Harp City and is going to take off for Absinthia, uh, where they will meet the Tarek and have to convince them to join the resistance. At that point, uh, they will be ready to strike against the God King. So we're getting close, folks. ruh Meanwhile, in the Gorefields. Meanwhile. Go watch twenty twenty. Go watch twenty twenty. Clear. What does your uh, stakeout look like? Um. Well, I kind of want to stay in the basement since I have dark vision. And always have had. Dark vision. <laughs> uh, so I would like to just like hide nearby to see if uh, Amy comes down. Yeah. So the problem with any kind of stealth thing involving clear is that you have access to the spell invisibility. Mm-hmm. which makes it very hard to fuck you. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you want to burn the spell slot, uh, there's not much I can do about it. It's already been crossed off. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think after... Uh, so, okay, here's the here's a consequence I want to introduce, is that staying here means you're going to miss, like, morning check-in with, with Charlie. It's upsetting. But I have to like to to focus to be the weapon of determination that Clear needs to be. She has to settle this in her mind. All right, good thinking. We love a role play here. Oh, are we supposed to be role playing? Shut up. Uh, so uh, Claire, you wait until you hear Amy. Ooh, actually, now that I think about it, how do you relock the door? Ooh. Because I was going to say, she, you hear her unlock it, come down while you're invisible, and you're, it, it works perfectly. But if she notices it's unlocked, it's going to create a whole thing. Uh, let me see what I got here. What do I have in all my little doohickeys? Could I cast a minor illusion to make it look like it's locked? Yeah, um, read minor illusion to the audience, and we'll see if let's read between the lines and see how that works out. I create a sound or an image of an object within range that lasts for the duration of one minute. The illusion also ends if you dismiss it as an action or cast a spell again. If you create a sound, its volume can range from a whisper to a scream. And if I create an image of an object, uh, such as a chair, muddy footprints, or a small chest, it must be no longer than a five-foot cube. And it can't create sound, light, smell, or any other sensory effect. And physical interaction with the image reveals it to be an illusion, but things can pass through it. 
Well, that's the problem right there. Is she goes to put the key in the lock, it'll just go through. So physical interaction with the image reveals it to be an illusion is kind of a deal breaker. Well, if you read that line out loud, then yes, it sounds bad. <laughs> and the keys would have to, the key would have to touch the tumblers inside the lock. It would reveal it to be an illusion. I yeah, I I want this to work, but I don't think it does. All right. Well, what if I instead I go back outside and I wait for Amy to unlock the door and I swoop in with her when she unlocks it? <laughs> uh, yeah. That that could definitely work. Uh, do you want to do? I saw at this point th- footsteps are the issue. Do you have a spell to deal with footsteps, or do I want to do a roll? Uh, yeah, I can use a uh, blink, and I could basically follow behind her in the the other world. That way, I'm not making sound in the real world. I think it's slowly a uh, stingray shuffle. Yeah, so sting. Yeah, is. the stingray shuffle is a thing we do in on Florida beaches where you like gr- grind your feet through the sand as you walk on the ocean floor because you don't want to step on a stingray and get Steve Irwin. Well, that was in poor taste. Yeah, he had such he had such wonderful children. <laughs> he sure did. They're still really cool. I follow them. That's why we got to spread the word about the stingray shuffle. That's how you got to do it. Okay. Yeah, you just shuffle, and then you don't get stung. Now I'm sad. So, Clear, you go back up into the barn. Wait until you see... Ah! Oh, my God. Bug? Sorry, there's another one! Jesus, Florida, what are you... I'm so sorry. It's so big, and it was on me. Uh, okay. Do you want to leave that in? You can't. Where'd it go? Holy <laughs> shit, where'd it go? Oh, Lauren's getting eaten alive. <laughs> oh, I hate them. Uh, so, Claire, you go back up into the barn. Wait till you see Amy turn invisible. She unlocks the door, opens it. You blink and follow behind her because when you're in the gray, you cannot be uh, heard or seen. Uh, so you can follow behind her and she will not be able to uh, hear you. Uh, I will say about the gray, though. Can you roll me a perception check? Oakley dokley. I will roll perception and certainly not persuasion. <laughs> I got a one. All right. That's not a botch. That's a two minus one. Uh, so you, when the whole world essentially turns into like a photo negative around you, you, you transport into this other world you don't fully understand. Uh, but it seems to have some kind of connection with this one. And you, as you begin following your sister, you just hear distant whispers. You can't with a with a one. You can, absolutely cannot make out what they're saying. But something else is in here with you. Oh, cool! I'll have to come back later and check that out. Uh huh. <laughs> More distractions. With all my friends. Yeah. No. <laughs> More distractions from your determination. Interesting. Yeah. I uh, like so- it. So you follow Amy down into the basement and you sit in the gray and you, uh, you know, she locks or she closes the door behind her. Uh, she goes down into the basement and she kind of sits in front of the altar and starts pouring over these pages. She's like looking through these books and eventually you find a place to hide, crouch down and come back from the gray because you can't hear her when you're there. Mm-hmm. So you have to come back. And when you do, you kind of hear her reading to herself quietly, just mumbling um, more, like too low to hear the individual words, but every once in a while she kind of uh, addresses the skull. Like she looks back over her shoulder and she says, <laughs> "This is a good one, Mom. <laughs> You're so funny." Uh, I guess can I attempt insight to have a better idea what she's doing? Like, is this just uh like like her coping mechanism, or is this something else? Roll insight. Can I roll insight on this fucking bug? Six. 
Yeah. Uh, with the six, I think you you think like your sister is clearly insane. She's talking to a fucking skull. Um, and I think you, I mean, I can't tell you how to feel, but I feel like you think she is like dangerously unstable and you probably shouldn't reveal yourself. Well, you say that, but what better time to reveal myself than right now? Oh my God. Yes. Uh, can I, the s- drama? can I look, can I, can I walk forward and try to look at the book? Yeah. I mean, you looked at the books before they, they were in, uh, the language of the Genasi and the elementals primordial. And they just seemed to be like personal diaries. You flipped through them and you, you couldn't, as you know, a 10 year old, it was just like, I went on a picnic today. It was lovely. It didn't seem like anything you <laughs> give a shit about as someone who's really into adventures and cool, like high flying action stories. Then, yeah, I kind of want to like, like, knock on a door and just be like, "Hello," because hmm. I gotta put this to rest, so I have to talk to her directly. I just, I have to get it done with so I can focus. Yeah, I mean, so you knock, 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 hello, and a, an ash dagger slams into your chest. Ow. Well. Rude. <laughs> oh, wow. Bad rolls. Only four damage. I guess it glances off your armor and doesn't f- fucking stick you the way I was hoping. But that's that's how this goes down is, uh, clear. you peer out from behind, uh, you know, the stairs here and you see Amy talking to her mother's skull. And instead of pretending like you didn't see it, <laughs> might be the polite thing to do. You just walk out and you're like, hey, what's up? Talking to your mom's skull? That's not... And no, you- I, like, I'm like... Oh, it just came. I saw the door was open and I came downstairs. And yeah, she just throws a, a dagger made of ash at you, like instinctively, just like you caught her. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is where my mind went. Just like you caught her jerking it and it just immediately tries to slam You're the laptop so filthy, closed. Austin. You can't say that when it's somebody talking to a skull. <laughs> that is a rule. Every- good. You're grounded. Everyone has a jerking skull. It's not weird. <laughs> Everyone has a jerkin skull. Oh god! Sorry for all the shrieks, by the way. Oh good. Uh, so that's where we're gonna leave clear for now. The wolf pack uh, gets on the thriller bark and leaves Harp City. Um, is uh, there's a whole new party member. Um, lots of stuff to discuss. We're we're definitely going to remember to interact with this new party member now we have them, and not just go, yep, added to the collection. <laughs> like a Pokemon who you throw, who you send to your box and never think about again. Yeah, but you need to have one for the living deck so that you have one of everything. <laughs> uh, so Vindros. Yeah. I have decided arbitrarily that you're the first person Dwayne approaches because he has to say something at some point. He has to have a conversation with someone. <laughs> Someone, or else he just becomes a one-off joke. <laughs> well, see, now now you've put the pressure on me to develop this character into something more than a one-off joke, you see. There are consequences to my actions now. I know you hate that. Conrad doesn't give a shit. Conrad, do you want to join consequences. forever? It's okay, I can have consequences. Sure. <laughs> Don't take away my consequences. No hesitation. Sure, I'll ruin him. <laughs> So it se- it seems like we talked you into joining this this crew real real quick, huh? Yeah, well, you know, I, I just go where I'm needed, you know. I'm just trying to help out. Yeah. So now now you are on on the crew with us. Have you got like 
have you got a quest that you want to be going on while you're here? Like, an objective you want to get done? Let's, let's learn about you. Who is, who's the Dwayne behind the one-off joke? <laughs> well, I told Corton my whole backstory, so he could sum it up for you. <laughs> Wait, are we talking about backstories over here? Well, you know, and I thought it was such an interesting uh, course of life to go from being a mid-level bureaucrat inside the God Queen's um, uh, treasury to uh, taking up arms in gladiatorial combat and, and, and becoming just a master of the spear. It's really stunning. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't think I'd need a spear because of my big tail, but, you know. Yeah, well, no, but, but then, you know, you get to, you get to double-end it. And and that's a whole other set of skills. Let me tell you. Oh yeah, I love double ending it. Yeah, like if you try and attack someone with your with with your tail, they could theoretically stab the tail. That'd be a bad time. If they stab the spear. It's a spear. It's not part of you. It's it's different. What I think so interesting about Dwayne is that he absolutely refuses to admit that he was put into the pens for embezzling, <laughs> and he has a tremendous load of treasure somewhere that he just won't tell me where it is. But I'm gonna get it out of you one of these days, Dwayne. <laughs> you'll, you'll never take my treasure. <laughs> See, here's the thing. I never sleep. If you ever try and sneak off to go find the treasure, I'm going, I'm going to follow you. We're going to find out about the treasure. We're going to find out about it. <laughs> oh, what if you just abandon the quest to destroy the God King and just go after Dwayne's treasure? How you doing with the, that bumble over there? Is he making you feel better? Yeah, he's very reassuring and the soft buzzing stimulates the natural healing processes. Love him. Yeah, it's, uh, you take good care of him, or I'll stab you again. <laughs> I love you, but I'm just saying. I think at this point, Staples, like, just slides into frame, and he's like, you stabbing people, Lola? I want to be part of this. Only if they do bad things, and by bad things, I mean hurt my babies. Oh, I want to stab. I guess you too, Staples. Yeah, we got to get back to training. You should stab me more often. Uh, okay, we can do that. Um, just don't stab me back. No promises. Cause, well, no. See, I'm not gonna stab you. I'm already you stabbing. Stab me. Yeah, you. You might want to. Then that's like. Uh, I didn't consent to stabs. Dwayne, you might want to keep Sloth Green on hand. Like, it's a very stab-heavy household, and. Then maybe someone who in a moment may need them more than you for just a second. Uh, Lola? Lola? Yeah? Stab. Okay. Four damage. Stable stabs you. What the hell? I'm training! What are you training? Stab training! Who? I don't need to be trained on getting stabbed. I've been stabbed before. I know what it's about. You'll never know when you need this training. The, well, this is teaching me nothing. <laughs> it's teaching you how to be stabbed. It's teaching me to, to not trust staples. I mean, if anything, it's, it's teaching you to trust staples. To trust that staples will stab you. <laughs> All right, 22 and 14. Do they hit? Uh, Yeah, I mean, those both hit. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna like choose to not do like big damage though. Oh good, are we finally killing staples? <laughs> no, this is playful. This is playful playing. What? Oh, well, let me know when it's on, and I'm just gonna like go back in the cabin. <laughs> staples, you gotta you gotta work on your 
socializing skills. Everybody wants to kill you. Socializing skills never got me very far. You know what gets you far? Kicking people's heads in. Actually, it's literally gotten you far. You, uh, you're like, you done gone all over the world? Country? I don't know what we're calling this place. Yeah, I mean, as far as you know, it's the whole world, but you haven't seen very far. I mean, technically, we have taken you pretty far from where you were before. You were in a warehouse, and now you're not. <laughs> yeah, I cease to exist when you don't observe me. Oh my god, Staples, will you work with me for just one gosh darn second? How much is it worth to you? <sighs> Suck my dick. Well, no, that'll, that's extra. Oh, man, you're unflappable. Oh, no, I always be flapping. I'm a bird. I know, that's why... <sighs> That's why I use the word unflappable. She stabs you. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Three damage. <laughs> I stabbed back. Yeah. I- <laughs> We're just having a stab, a stab fight now, but it's like little like <laughs> flesh wounds. Corton steps out. And- oh, are we killing staples now? <laughs> no, we're training. I guess it's. If we wanted to, to, then I would be trained on how to kill staples. Is but. is is the point of the sta- the tra- is the point of the training for you to like get better at preempting the fact people are going to try and stab you? Is that what we're doing? Um, it's it wasn't what I was starting to do. Vindras goes to do it just like an itty bitty stab. It's kind of turned into this because see, Vindras is getting in the spirit. Okay, who wants to kill Staples? Oh, I want to throw a toaster at her head. <laughs> no, that's Young's toaster. No, uh, that's, that's Young's right. toaster. Can Young, can Young throw their toaster at her head? <laughs> Young is like holding it by the cord and swinging it around like a fucking morning star. It's like, I'm learning a new weapon. See, Staples? Excellent. Go for the kneecaps. We're not, act- <laughs> we're not actually killing her, but I don't know. Maybe she'll like it anyway. Staples says, y'all are so soft. When the, the Air Coker Mafia found me on the streets, they gave me a knife and said, go into that, that parlor there and there where the people are playing gambling games and stab the, the guy with the biggest pile of money you see and grab it and run. And I'm, I'm, I turned out fine. Well, yeah, you do that to other people, but aren't we friends? You don't do that to your friends, usually. I mean, not at first, but then if you get a, to get a promotion in the mob, you do often have to stab your friends. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, okay. I guess I'm learning mob history also today. If it helps, we have an explicit, and if it's not like written down somewhere, I will write it down. You don't have to stab your friends to move up the ranks here. I think this conversation is happening after Staples and Lola have been training, quote unquote training, on the deck, and they're both like covered in wounds and like lying, like he like breathing heavily in a pile, of, or, like a pool of their own blood. And Staples is just we're like covered in cat scratches because it's just like quills. Yeah, and Staples is like lying next to you, uh, like holding their guts in, and it's just like this is this is how I this is my whole childhood. I don't know how you were brought up. Uh, that sounds like a bad childhood. I don't remember how I was brought up, so... You don't even remember. What? How do you know your childhood wasn't stabby? Um... I mean, I didn't say my childhood wasn't bad. I just said that a stabby childhood sounds bad. <sighs> Am I wrong? 
I don't know. I don't, who, how could I possibly know if it's bad? I don't have anything to compare it to. Well, being stabbed is bad. You don't like being... No, being stabbed is hey, bad. Hey, you realize you're talking to Staples. Staples does not mind getting stabbed from what I can Staples tell. Staples more like stab... Stabbles. <laughs> Stabbles. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm the best at... St- I'm the best at stabbing and stapling. It worked out. If I didn't have that kind of childhood, I'd be shit at that, and I'd probably be dead. Well, we're glad... You're not dead. I'm glad you're not dead. I can't speak for everyone else. Eh. Corton leaves. Can I, can I like, <laughs> can I pet, like open the doors, Corton's leaving? I'm like, I didn't miss Dwayne's backstory, did I? <laughs> Dwayne's like, I have treasure, actually. Let me tell you about it off screen. Come inside the cabinet. We'll talk all about it. Okay, Vindros rolls stealth to sneak off and hear about the treasure. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell me later. Uh, but, uh, so yeah, everyone goes off to hear Dwayne, the much more popular character, talk about his backstory. Staples is lying on the deck with you, Lola, and says, "Like, see, if, being nice, no one gives a shit about that. They just walk away." Like, she grabs like your hand, which has the quill in it, and like literally guides your hand into putting the the blade into her own belly. And she's like, "This is something you care about." This. Uh, stop that. Don't do that. Why? At least it's not boring. I mean, I'm pretty sure Dwayne's backstory is not boring. (laughs) I don't know. He hasn't said one word to me. Seven dragons! (laughs) 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 Fuck. If I had to choose between Corton walking away from me and you giving me a fucking kidneyectomy... This is way better. What does a kidney even do? I think it's something with piss. I think it's like a piss heart. It's a heart for your. It's a heart for your piss. I don't need that. I don't want that to come out. Leave that in there. Plug that hole. We're uh, we don't need no kidney piss. (laughs) We don't need. (laughs) We don't need no kidney (laughs) piss. (laughs) Oh fuck. Um. Um, maybe we can find a happy medium, you know? What's that mean? Are you going to ignore me sometimes and only stab me a little? No, it's called you can try to connect with your friends outside of uh, getting wounded. Oh my god, I don't want to hear about Dwayne's motherfucking treasure. Maybe we'll do uh, some other, uh, do you want to, we can try to learn how to knit. Those use big blades, right? The needles? Yeah, and you make stuff with the blades. Ooh, I might be into that. Yeah, as I said, you can make little like cozies for your weapons or holsters, uh, some sinister-looking scarves and hats for the winter. Ooh, a sinister and- scarf is my favorite kind. <laughs> Yeah, I can look. You can make it look like it's like blood dripping down, Ooh. right? And you'd be like, "Ah, my throat got cut because the scarf is my blood." Ha ha ha! <laughs> that, she actually does laugh like way too hard at that. Like, "Ha ha, my throat got cut." That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's try stabbing something that isn't flesh. I'm too tired to stab. I've lost a lot of blood, actually. No, we'll stab tomorrow. Okay. We gotta. I guess we should put some oats in this blood for the horses. I mean, can't let it all go to waste. <laughs> At this point, like, Staples, like, rests her head on you, Lola, and just kind of, like, 
drifts off. It's like, you're now stuck underneath this, like, sticky, bloody vulture woman. Well, I guess I'll pet her noggin. Mm-hmm. And so you two are Don't stuck to the deck while everyone else is me. hearing Dwayne's backstory. <laughs> That's okay, Vandross. Tell me later. And there I was, two dwarfs inside the same elf. Ah, <laughs> oh, I can't believe you used the, the, the high-level spell Wish to get out of that one. That's going to help us out later. <laughs> <laughs> they never saw it coming, but the, I was cursed by that terrible warlock to never use Wish again. But then you undid the curse and had access to it forever. <laughs> your your tale has so many fascinating ups and downs. You're the conduit of wish. Wait, so you're a rock star and an astronaut? <laughs> I think at some point, uh, Weaver kind of p- pokes their head into the room and says, "Hey, y'all, love listening to Dwayne lie about his life, but uh, can I borrow?" Uh, I want to choke Weaver. How dare you? <laughs> 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 oh fuck. Yeah, uh, okay, strength against Weaver's intelligence. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna actually choke him. Okay, I was gonna have him telekinetically lift you up. Uh, I'll get him later. <laughs> oh no. Uh, but yeah, Weaver wants to actually pull Corton aside. Uh, I mean, it's a, a really good story. You sure you don't want to hear this? Because, I mean, like, I'm taking notes <laughs> like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> Yeah, I think Finn Dross is, like, telepathically sending it to the whole ship, so. Oh, oh, right. Yeah, that's what's in my head. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't bother you having the two audio streams? It doesn't? No, actually. It's kind of nice. Like, you know, you get to hear it once, and then you get to hear it again just a little bit after. It's kind of like being in an amphitheater. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Um, uh, What I wanted to ask was that, like, did you want to try again to, like, Open your third eye, man. Because, like, Vindross has a badass shield now. She's, like, full of healing magic. She can read minds. She can telepathically control her weapons in a fight to get around an enemy's defense. I'm saying she's really cool, and you're kind of just, like, a guy with a cane. (laughs) Fuck. Wow, Weaver, that... That really hurts. Like, that's deeply painful to me. Probably not as painful as the nose... (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. Wow. You know what? Go fuck yourself, Weaver. I thought you were chill. I thought we were chill. You know what? Uh Uh-huh. Kiss my ass. No, I'm going to go hang out with Dwayne, all right? Fuck you. (laughs) Okay, let's have five more scenes of every character saying, fuck every NPC who's not Dwayne. (laughs) Pledging their allegiance. Maybe Dwayne also knows how to teach you psychic powers. You can learn them from Dwayne. Um, but so, yeah, I wanted to have Weaver extend that offer, and I was kind of playing up his rudeness for comedy's sake. But if Corton is still not interested in any of the things I'm offering, Vindros, do you want more telekinesis? I mean, if if it's definitely not being taken by anyone else, and Vindros... I don't think Vindros would necessarily do it if she'd just seen this, this fuck you go away interaction, but... On the grounds of person who's given me psychic powers is willing to teach me more? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I wonder if at some point Weaver reads your mind and knows that you have all these drugs you're not sharing, is the thing I'm thinking now. Because that would make that would piss him off. He'd be very rude about that. Yeah, that'd be a real problem. <laughs> okay. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Corton's not really that concerned about it. Fair enough. <laughs> he's like, he's not keeping it a secret. 
it just isn't it he hasn't had the opportunity to address and deal with it yet so he's not concerning himself i mean he's had he's had the opportunity he just hasn't done it <laughs> um while this is happening so basically Re- weaver is like rude to Corton. Corton rebuffs him and there is like a clap of distant thunder when that happens and you see uh the ship is just kind of sailing along the salt uneventfully and you see dark clouds in the distance what's that can i roll a nature absolutely okay so i said that for everybody because my nature is garbage <laughs> uh, oh what's my nature uh, I, I got eight at 10 17 uh Four. No. The party fails. All you see, you're like, oh, it's going to rain. It's, it's just going to rain. It's fine. Whatever. What if we roll inside on the rain? <laughs> <laughs> um, Gentleman Bramwell. Yes. Uh, I think Zer is going to uh, talk to you real quick. What, what's, what's up, sir? Hey, I just want to pick your brain about this Dwayne guy. You sure you trust him? I just, everyone. Oh, my God. He's fucking us. Holy shit. Wait, what? Are you fucking us, Austin? <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, I'm just saying, oh, do we trust this twang guy? Is he a plant? I'm just saying he's very popular. Everyone's immediately drawn to him. Don't you find that suspicious? Uh-huh. He's fucking us, guys. Well, what do you mean? Is there something on your mind? I- I'm just saying if there was a mole or a spy, I bet they would send their, like, most likable guy, right? Well... If he was a spy, he would be a spy for the Thrykreen, who are our allies. No, didn't you hear his backstory? He used to work at the Treasury for the God King. Yes, well, his backstory is elaborate and involves several different factions, most of which he conquered and became their leader. But that's not really <laughs> relevant to this point. He's most recently been aligned with the Thrykreen. Okay, well, do we trust them? They seem really nice and supportive and everything, but what if they have a sinister... Like motivation we don't know about. Sir, speak your mind. There's something on your mind right now beyond what you're relaying. I'm just, I, I'm just saying it, it's it's fucking suspicious for someone to be that handsome. Do you need a hug? <laughs> it feels like you don't feel validated, and I want you to know that you are. Your skills are necessary. We need someone of your talents. Bramwell, is your response to this just to hug Zer and tell him that he's supported and valid? Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, yeah, he instantly just is like, yeah, you know what, that's what I needed. <laughs> All right, buddy, you, you can go get him. I was feeling insecure because he's so handsome. Hey, we all have to deal with it, but we all accept it. I saw Lola looking at him, but he doesn't have wings, so he can't really compete with me, obviously. Absolutely not. As Br- Hold on, do I have to bluff for that? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you want to roll deception for everyone to reassure us? Uh, Staples is sleeping on my tummy. Well, uh-huh. I'm only lying about saying that uh, it doesn't. He doesn't have a chance. Like, no, Zer, you're great, but I will be lying about saying that Dwayne is not the most handsome person here by far. <laughs> I think we we could roll deception, but have you seen it? He has to eat like 16 pounds of haddock a day to keep up those muscles. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's leave Zer in his, his ignorant bliss. There's no reason to fail this deception check and hurt his feelings. Exactly. Um, I think the last person I want to address here would be Young, who I think actually for the one of the first times in this campaign talks to Vindros. Oh hi. <laughs> uh yeah hey I'm your captain. 
that you are. Hi. It's kind of weird because like, I've been the captain and then I was the first mate for a while and we never talked and we are one of the only set of people on the ship who are the same species. Are you mad at me? No. Aww. No, I'm I'm really sorry if I gave across that impression. I'm not good at doing the whole branching out thing. I I I'm I'm not good at starting conversations with people. I don't know how to do it. Oh, okay. I so there's this thing and like sometimes when you work with the God King, like I was doing at the shipping place where the other people think you're a sellout and they're like mad at me and they think I'm a traitor and I thought maybe it have been that kind of thing. But like I'm helping. I I literally was stuck in the position of I've not had a conversation and I've suddenly realized I've not had a conversation with you and now it's weird and it's going to be weird if I try and start a conversation. I don't know how to do that because that's... I appreciate you starting a conversation. You You started the ball rolling. How are you? <laughs> well, I was just, I had all my hope sucked out and then I was in a coma, so. That wasn't great, but you're not in the coma now, so upward swing? Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm someone needs to swab this blood off the deck, but otherwise everyone's really excited about Dwayne. And wow, that thunder keeps getting louder, huh? Yeah, yeah, well, hopefully the the rain from the cloud that's just going to be rain will just wash the blood off the deck itself, and that'll solve that problem. Oh, yeah, that makes sense, that makes sense. That's how, I'm pretty sure that's how rain works. uh, So I guess if you're not mad at me, has anyone been mad at you? Because, like, you don't really hang out with other Thrycreen, and that's like a, a lot of us insect folk people like to stick together, and you're, like, always hanging out with this handsome mole guy. I feel like that would engender a lot of jealousy. I I mean, I don't know if they're jealous. I just haven't really gone... I haven't really turned back since I left home. I, you know, we don't have a lot of time to stick around faffing about what we're going to do, so I just made a choice that I was going to go out and see the world, and I just never really looked back. And so what happens when this is over? Are you ever going to go back, or are you just going to be like... I guess Amy wants you to be, like, part of the the Queen's Guard. You're just going to be in charge of stuff and never go back to your family? I, I don't have any interest in sticking around being in charge of anything that requires me to stick in one place. I, I want to have adventures. I want to see new things. I want to use my time to go. I want to be doing off doing something. I don't want to stick in one place. Oh, so you want to stay on the ship? We're going to pick up the White Wolf and we're going to go on all kinds of adventures when she's done and then you're going to be part of the crew too? I mean, that definitely sounds better than sitting around being someone's treasury of... I I don't know, tre- treasury of having a cool shield. I it, uh, we'll, we'll see. I. But what if Corton doesn't, what if Corton doesn't want to come with on adventures? Because he's going to be like uh, uh, doing stuff, like important stuff. I'm enjoying that right now everything I want to be doing is in one place and is going the same direction and if it ends up not doing that I'll I'll deal with it when it comes but you know I don't want to spend my time thinking about the not good that might happen when I could be enjoying the now I'm in everybody dexterity saving throw 
Four. That's a botch. Ten. Twenty-one. Okay, so the, obviously the dice have decided that the best way for Vinjoss to end that particular conversation is yeah. saying, we'll see, I haven't really decided what I'm going to do about Korta, and then you get cracked in the skull for 12 damage uh, by something, uh, 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 a projectile, essentially, from the sky. Which Does, does my newly 21 AC not protect me? <laughs> uh, so there's two different ways you can be attacked through I... saving throws or through AC. This was a dex saving throw. Yeah, so, I know. <laughs> uh, there's a spray of blood and Vindros reels back from being struck by something. Um, everyone can be aware of this because you can just telepathically uh, send that out. Oh, Jay Willikers! Got him in the head with a big rock. Uh, what do we? Uh, want to run outside yeah. to see what's going on? Like what's going on in that sky? Yeah, perception. There you go. Now you're asking something that I could do. Seventeen. Twenty-two. So seventeen and twenty-two, definitely a success. The storm is obviously getting closer and closer. I'd say Lola. The reason you with the twenty-two. Uh, know <gasps> the best is because you find what hit Vindros on the deck of the ship, which skipped across uh, the, the the boards and like got wedged in a crevice. Uh, it is a diamond now covered in Vindros's blood. Oh, blood diamond, it's symbolism. Do I sense the elemental on the wind? Well, no, with the 22, I mean, you see the storm is getting closer and you hear the sounds of what, I mean, if you had maybe gotten a decent nature, you'd think sounds like hail. But it does not appear to be hail. Diamond hail. There's a, there's a, the cloud is shooting diamonds. Yep, this huge black cloud is getting closer. You're sailing right into it. Uh, we should go around this. Yeah, can we, can we maneuver? Can we zag? Uh, sounds like you want to do a vehicle roll. Proficiency only happens with Bramwell. Uh, 22. Oh, yeah. Nice. Okay, so, Bramwell, what do you say to Young to get this sh- the ship turned and you're going to try to run- outrun this storm and go around it? Captain, seek forward on the, on the landscape. Guide us through here and I'll man the helm. All right, you man the helm, so you grab the wheel and spin it. Uh, Young takes command of the sails and gets them on the right course. Uh, but you've, you've already sailed to the edge of it. And so the, the deck begins getting pelted with diamonds screaming down from the sky. Uh, everyone dexterity saving throw again. No. Hell no. Eight. Seven. Three. Fail. Fail. <laughs> fail. Fourteen. Success. This time Vindros actually, uh, I assume you get under your shield. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to be dodging these anytime soon. Uh, Everyone else takes 13 damage, and they are like bullets coming down from the sky, and they begin punching through the the ship as well. Uh, This is the heavily armored ship, so it's not in immediate danger of being destroyed, but it's taking damage. Um, I I think Vindros's first um, instinct is going to be to use the shield to sort of as a big umbrella to keep herself uh, shielded, while attempting to cast mending on the bits of the ship that are getting damaged by these things, just to keep the ship going. 
Oh yeah, a perfect textbook use of mending. The as the the diamonds punch through the deck, you just run over and you wave your shield over them, or like you're under it, like right, and your other the magic's flowing through you, and you're using your other arms to yeah, exactly. Jedi wave over them, and they just seal instantly. Exactly, just just patching up holes. I want to cast detect magic. Uh huh. And I want to look into the storm. Is this like a magical storm coming at us? Very interesting. So here's what happens. Basically, Bramble, you use Detect Magic. Um, you, the moth, you know, magic is back on you. Um, and you look out into the storm. You don't see any magic emanating from the storm. This just seems to be a consequence of the apocalypse. Is that it, just like time has stopped in the mall or just like there's a, a subway underneath the salt. Uh, sometimes it just rains diamonds now because the space and time and physics are fucked. Um, but you don't see nothing, uh, rather, uh, out in the storm, you do see a, or, uh, a magical, um, signature kind of running for cover. There's someone out there. Okay. Um, but they don't seem to be conjuring the storm. This is just a natural storm that if the party had rolled higher nature, you'd be like, oh no, a diamond storm, a dangerous hazard out on the salt flats. So there's, there's someone out there. Yeah. I didn't, I did not know you were going to detect this, can, but there, can I, Yell out to Zer to, because he's kind of like a lookout mm-hmm. to go find him. Uh, yeah. Do you have any plan on keeping Zer safe? If Zer flies out into the diamond storm, there's every chance they're going to die. Can I cast a uh, shield of faith on Zer before he goes out? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Oh, before Zer goes, can I cast Barkskin on him as well? Oh, this is very cute. So Zer had a like an insecurity meltdown about how handsome Dwayne was. Uh, he's trying to pull himself together, and Bramwell and Lola um, turn his skin into bark and then cover him in magic shield. See, I wanted I wanted to chip in too, but the thing I have that would help is shield of faith, and I don't think you can double shield of faith someone. <laughs> no, but you're mending the ship, so you're still helping a lot. No, but I could give a I could uh, I could give Madeline inspiration to Zer, and, and they can get. Well, everyone gets extra hit points, but can use reaction to move at up to its speed. I mean, you know how I love the rule of three. So if there are three help, yeah. helping uh, hands for Zer, then they are going to crush this. I won't even so roll. Literally everyone other than Vindras is like, yeah, we'll help. And she's just like, nah, you don't get my help. Keep your insecurities. I, I like this because Zer is like now defined by their his wounded masculinity, and everyone coming together is like this moment of like, oh, they do like me. Um, he's like a little ears wiggle, and he's <laughs> cloaked in all kinds of different magic from everyone's sources, and he flies out into the diamond storm. And instead of rolling damage uh, to see if he is torn to bits, I was pretty much dreading this because there's a good chance he would have died here. <laughs> Uh, inst- I would have been so, I would have cried. Instead, uh, the shield takes a, a beating. Some of the things skip off his bark skin. But uh, Zer grabs this person and flies back uh, to the ship and drops them on the deck. Who are they? Staples, pin them down! Uh, what you see is a halfling. Is it one of the evil ones? Oh, so easy for Staples to hold down. Um, I think Vindros is the first, or probably the only one to specifically recognize this halfling. Uh, it is a woman, and she is bleeding very badly, both from the diamond wounds and from her knuckles, which seem to have undergone some kind of surgical process very recently. 
She got my bow. No, that that is covetousness. Who does not have? Who's oh, not bitch. this person? Okay. Covetousness, remember, is in a in a Doctor Smooth costume, a giant anthropomorphic right. shape. That's <laughs> right, Doctor Smooth. Yeah, Doctor Smooth would be easy to spot. This halfling, um, I would say Vindros, you immediately recognize as Effort, uh, who you oh. met in the games and watches, and who you spared. You had every opportunity to kill her, uh, but you just knocked her unconscious. And now she's gonna be nice to us. Oh. Yep. Please. Yeah, you saved her life. You you see her knuckles where she had the pink crystals growing out that she punched you with. She has dug them out of her skin. Oh. Oh, hooray. And like her eyes flutter open and she sees you and smiles before losing consciousness from blood loss, both from her self-surgery and from the diamonds. Alright, let's do a medicine. Yep. Okay, yep, yep. Let's do a medicine. Uh, somebody with a better medicine. I did a six. Uh, I have... Uh, oh, I can uh, I can do medicine. Uh, 19. Yeah. yeah. All right. Bramwell, um, do you want to describe what you do here? Because So the ship's still being pelted with diamonds. Young is still trying to get the ship out. But with a 22, it's absolutely going to be successful, and Vindros is going to patch all the holes. So that that's going to work out. Uh, what do you do? Uh, so the first thing I do is uh, cast the cantrip Spare the Dying. To mm. keep uh, effort from from dying, keeps them stabilized, and uh, I'd like to think, and and Laura, you can go with me on this. Uh, I'd like to think that Vindros is the one actually providing the directions, that she's the healer. I I like that, yeah. So Bramo is basically just being the hands in this situation, following her kind of lead on, on what to kind of look out for. Vin- Vindros is using the shield to try and as best she can also shield Bramwell and our, our uh, effort, was it? Yep. Uh, while while you do the medical things to sort of stabilize. And there's also a part of Bramwell's head that's like, oh, this could have been me had Sabrina not saved me back at the uh, uh, the mall back then. Bram Bramwell, I'm I'm glad this one's doing okay. I did warn them the crystals were not a good thing, and it seems like they've listened. I think they are they are rather gaudy accessories. In indeed, particularly at the whole "oops, my body's all crystal" stage. Mm. She did listen to you, Vendros, and so uh, working together, the team saves the ship, saves effort, and steers out of the storm as it rages across the salt flats. Meanwhile, in the last scene of the episode, Amy Wolfram tries to kill her sister. Come on. (laughs) Uh, I mean, yeah, you surprised her. She summons a sword made of ash in the basement. Uh, She has her mother's skull on an altar here where she comes down to talk to it. What do you, uh, what do you want to do, Claire? Uh, so Claire's gonna say, no, I'm not here to fight you or anything like that. I just saw the door was open and wanted to find out what was happening down here. Negative reinforcement isn't until four. You can't see this. This is your fucking threat now, you idiot. A threat to what? It it looked like you're just doing... I I don't even really know. What are you... Is that like a... I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I'm the Liberator Queen. Everyone has to trust me. I can't be... No, no one can know about this. No one has to. 
As you say that, the whispering that you heard in the gray uh, begins in the back corners of your mind to slowly creep in. Like when I say creep, I mean you feel it almost as a physical sensation. Like you have something. Is, is it is it cold down here? <laughs> you have gotten something's attention in the gray, and you hear this whispering now in the back of your mind as you're trying to have this conversation with your sister. And she says, there's mind reading clear that people can't know about this. We're going to have to hide you in a fucking dungeon for the rest of your life. Don't need to do that. Quiet. I need to focus on this conversation. What? Who are you talking to? I don't know. Do you have someone upstairs? The, the whispering is getting louder and louder. And she's, Hold. she tries to say something to you and you can't even hear it. I want to like, I want to like do like the finger point up. Like, hold on. I, I'll, no, hold on a moment. I need to, you know what? And I just want to cast Blink again. All right. Uh, so Claire, you're being confronted by your sister who is kind of weighing her options of letting you get away and know this because this could screw up her whole plans. She wants to see if you can become a conduit, but not at the not the risk of losing everything she's working towards. And suddenly you blink out of existence and you're back into the photo negative version of the world we call the gray. And uh, the whispering is getting clearer now. And you, you hear what, what they're saying isn't in language, but you know that it's calling to you. It's like almost instinctual. It's more of a feeling than language, if that makes sense. Hmm. Can I tell a direction that it's coming from? Mm, roll survival? Ooh. Nope, never mind. That's bad on this character. Oops. <laughs> I was on the other sheet. <laughs> uh, three. No. You can't. It seems like it's coming from everywhere. Where do you go? Uh, I'd like to think she's just standing right there, like, in the same spot. She was hoping to just go into this world to get some quiet because it doesn't have sound the same way. Yeah. So the fact that it's louder here, I think she's just going to call it, like, hello. I think when you you respond out loud to it, and it suddenly goes silent. All right, good. And I'm going to teleport back. I'm going to blink back into the to the, the, ups, the non-upside down, the right side up. Yeah, the and, right side uh, up. And I'm going to say, sorry, it was getting really loud. I, no, I don't want to tell anybody about your weird basement thing. That's your thing. This is such a pivotal moment because I could so easily see Amy killing you to keep you quiet. And I can also see her being like, you're my sister and I would never do that. I, I don't know which, like, she has both in her heart. Is this where we have the real negative enforcement fight? Roll initiative? Uh-oh.